Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents, and welcome to the 2021 Summer Vacation Series. We're getting to know comics from around the world who performed on our Isolation Comedy Online show in 2020. I'm your host, Valerie, and sometime co-host, Ms. Purrington, will join us if she wants. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about mostly Austin comedy. You can keep up with us on Twitter and Instagram at ComedyWham or on our ComedyWham Facebook page. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, live shows, and an events page for live shows in Austin and Houston. If you're a comic in those cities and you want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click submit a show to complete the short survey. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations and will usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin, check that, global comedy scene fantastic. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, I am going to be traveling to Canada, oh Canada, and I'm going to be talking to somebody who hosts a show, hosted a show, We'll find out, figure it out with uh, our guest. Uh, he hosts a music podcast, which I don't know how to say this. Bummers, boys, ex-bummers, ex-boys, ex, who knows? Uh, he and co his co-host talk about songs that make them sad every week. We'll find out more about that too. Uh, back in the time machine in 2017, Cult MTL, which means Montreal, named my, ah, I almost said his name, named him one of the top 10 comedians in Montreal. And his debut album, Cherubic, came out, Cherubic, Cherubic, we'll, fi we'll figure that out too, uh, came out in 2020. And he was named one of the 100 best things in comedy in 2020 by the Comedy Bureau, which is based in LA. One of our favorite comics from 2020 isolation comedy online show Comedy Wham presents our guest, Mike Carosa. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excited for all the detours. Ooh, I'm yes. loving hands. <laughs> many, many, many detours. That seemed to be uh, from, from your uh, performances on our online show, you, you seem to love a detour. What can I say? Big fan of Todd Glass. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will just off the bat, Bummer yes. Boys. It's spelled like a bad hardcore band, so it's like X Bummer X Boys oh. X. But it's like you're listening to Life Ruiner, some some band that's super straight edge. Uh -huh. But we're just two dummies who love emo music <laughs> and have some friends along the way who like to talk about sad songs. So we're Bummer Boys. Uh, we thought it, it was a fun idea at first, and then we realized that it is not smart. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but we're in. It's a year and some change going strong. So <laughs> very nice. Change it. Very nice. And uh, I go cherubic, but I know it's pronounced cherubic. It's supposed to be like emphasis on the oo. Uh -huh. Never like the oo sound. I like cherubic, like okay. a cherub, but it's the adjective of cherub. So it's cherubic. I've always preferred it that way, uh -huh. although I recognize it's incorrect. But sue me. OK, sue <laughs> me. Very easy to find. Well, you know, as a as a press, I should have done my homework, Mike. So, you know. Hey, I look, I won't take that away from you. If that's how you feel about it, that's how you feel about it. But look at what it's gotten me to do. It's gotten me to talk about my thing. 
and we are already going. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. part of the point is we're we'll talking about what I do. We're talking about what you do. We're talking about comedy. <laughs> it's already off to a good start. It is it's happening. It so is. I, I, you know, I can't say, oh, I should have done my job. It's like, well, didn't you? Maybe that was a sneaky way of doing it, huh? <laughs> Maybe. Now, I I feel bad for those of you who are listening because you do not get to see the really cool view that I get to. We we record this in Zoom, but only the podcast audio gets released. And the the background, which is a real Mm -hmm. background behind Mike, is so it's almost as fascinating as all of his credits. (laughs) There's at least two guitars. There's a full traditional, not one of those dumb electronic uh, drum kits. Uh, this is a, there's a table off to the side that has all sorts of stuff. There's oh, yeah. a, a headless yeah, I mean, cardboard torso. Oh, it's not headless. I know. I, I can, That's a James Dean there cardboard cutout. There's that <laughs> handsome face. It's only headless so I can get the, the right. computer facing me a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. And that table full of Magic the Gathering cards. So, you know, I'm a real fucking nerd. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I write for a Magic website. And you I'm do. Oh my gosh. Deep in magic. Wow. That's all I've been doing aside from trying to do more comedy online where you know with the states opening up it's not happening so often and then we don't have as many people who like to produce shows here in Canada ah. especially when most of the time the people that I would draw in are American. I mm. my 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 following if I could call it that is chiefly American which is interesting to me but Yeah. Um, either way, I'm excited to just get back out to doing shows and it seems like it's closer to the horizon for us and it's already happening for you guys and yeah, hardcore happening. Yeah. Yeah. Austin is, uh, on fire, if you will, with, with shows. Austin's having a moment. A lot of people coming down there for tax breaks. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that too. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Mike, I know we have uh, gone gone off to the races already, but I do have an official icebreaker question. Got it. So let's reestablish the ice. Let's Let's uh, blow cool air. Yes. Can you please pick one word to describe your past? My past? Uh, Sheltered is what I would pick. Probably. Yeah. I feel like I learned a lot of stuff later on that I would have probably learned sooner if I was, if, if there wasn't such an emphasis on like uh, being told what's right and fitting into that mold of like my, my family being like, well, you don't do this or you don't do that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, or like the environments I was in, my schools were like just not very diverse. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say sheltered is probably the best way to describe my past mm-hmm. although probably not to the extent as like some people would be like they were pretty sheltered like i probably not to like that extent but i consider myself to be uh sheltered in a way that makes me pretty naive yeah uh so which i like about myself so i'm grateful for it <laughs> your personality uh on and off stage feels very consistent you have a very silly uh way about you uh, i you. is that something that you've always been or is that something that as you grew out of shelter feeling sheltered that that you took on um 
I'll say that I've always kind of leaned towards everybody have a nice time unless you're hurting somebody uh, and just didn't have a way to put it into words. So mm -hmm. it would be like, let's, you know, hey, this is a tense situation. Time to be a clown or, you know, somebody's sad. I'm going to listen to you until you get it out. Or if you need me to, you know, pratfall, that's going to happen, too. Like, I think um, it's always been that way. However, I will say it's not as automatic or immediate. Like there are times where my immediate reaction isn't a uh, benefit of the doubt on somebody, but rather very aggressive and angry, uh, which, which is surprising coming from me, but I am human. Yeah. And if somebody, you know, nobody expects me to react to that video of that Walmart employee knocking out that guy without a mask in favor of the guy knocking out the guy without a mask. But here I am thinking, yeah, I think that's fine. And you know what? <laughs> if they try to sue, that's bullshit. Like they should, <laughs> there should be no repercussion for that person. They yeah. did uh, the right thing, which should have been happening this whole time. Let's, uh, you know, I'm not here to say let's drop kick everybody <laughs> who isn't wearing masks or who like fought the mask stuff or the safety protocols. Uh, but I am saying that I, I think that everybody who participates in anti-mask rallies uh, and has in the past uh, should at least not experience joy ever again in their lives. And that's what I that's what I think. Nothing violent. Yeah. Nothing violent. Just a sincere curse. Harsh words um, from from Canada, from our neighbors uh, to the north. Who are, oh, we are terrible. Have you seen <laughs> the news from this month? There. Oh, buddy, this is. Yeah, it is. Get a look at our our treatment of the indigenous population oh, here, well, the yeah. native folk here, buddy. Oof. Wait until you dive into Canada's history and ignorance thereof. Yeah, we oh. we actually had quite an eye op uh, uh, eye opening. Uh, Two, yeah, it was two years ago. My son and I, we love Canada. We absolutely mm. love Canada. Last year, we were supposed to go to Mont. No, we were supposed to go to Toronto. We've mm. been to Vancouver and Montreal. I, I've been to Toronto, but this is traveling with my son. And right. two years ago, we went to Vancouver, and they have some pretty amazing Indigenous peoples museums. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're the dumb, ugly Americans. We're thinking, oh, Canada is so great. You know, maple leaves, syrup <laughs> and, and uh, hockey. And we just realized, oh, my God, what a what a blighted history. Yeah, kind of like right. America. We're a country just like every other country with <sighs> many centuries worth of repressed trauma swept under the rug for the yeah. sake of continual oppression. <laughs> um so yeah no it's not a it, we're not angels by any stretch but it's very there is some sort of like uh there is a positive thing to this kind of coming to light and being like oh we're fucked good let's <laughs> fix everything yeah. although you can't fix the everything. fact that like 215 kids bodies were recovered this like last week you know what yeah. i mean like that's not something you could fix right um right. yeah but uh, God, they, it's good that it's there's a light being shed on it and all that. But uh, again, the, uh, the the mission statement is and I'm learning this as I get older, is that um, the only thing that I, I can relate to Ellen DeGeneres on is like, don't make your whole thing being the happy, nice guy, which I was like too late when I heard that. <laughs> but I think there's a difference between like I am generally a happy, nice guy. 
Uh, but it's because I want safety and comfort for everybody who isn't inflicting pain onto others. Yeah. And so when I say I hope people who are anti-mask don't experience joy, it is literally because they have contributed to the factors that have killed thousands upon thousands of people. Yeah. Uh, but and that's like a niceness there in that it it is preventative. But at the same time, it's definitely a wish for pain. And I am, I guess, causing pain in that way. So they've got a lot of self-reflecting to do. Yeah. Well, with all that, those fun topics out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's a heavy one. Yeah. What is this top heavy? It's falling over after. Uh, the, oh, boy. What's this? A dude who only does chest day and grabs a couple beers and is lightheaded because <laughs> this one's falling to the ground after a, a couple. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Can you tell I don't know what alcohol is? <laughs> I mean that that's just un-Canadian, I think. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. Look, look uh, very un-Canadian of me to not be a drinker. Uh, don't. It's because I don't like the feeling nor the taste. It's not because I had like everybody's like, oh, are you sober? Is that something? It's like no, I'll have like a shot to celebrate my friend's engagement or something. Yeah. But it's usually like mostly cranberry juice, and it's, <laughs> I I really I don't like the taste of alcohol. And like I'm like if I'm gonna drink something, I want it to taste good. What is exactly. the point? Right. And then I remember being a, like a teenager and be like, this stuff t- this stuff tastes awful. Why are we drinking this? And they're like, so we can talk to girls. And I'm like, I talk to girls already. <laughs> What is the po- okay? Good. I don't. Then I could ship this off out of the way. Yeah. So I am. I guess I'm un-Canadian, and that's why you'll find me. What's happening, Portland, Oregon? Uh, Helium Comedy Club. Say hello to your boy. Uh, I'm coming there eventually, one day. Tell your clubs. Austin Comedy Places, the one place I like, closed down. I can't believe it. I swear Wait, to God that. Which one, Cap? Cap. Cap oh, City. But Cap's coming back. Okay, good. Well, then, Cap yes. City, if you're listening. <laughs> I yes. had such a blast in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> when when did you come to Austin? I came down in 2016, 2017. Um, okay. MK Paulson was still there. <gasps> I love MK. Yes. Sweet, sweet baby MK Paulson. Sweet baby boy. Uh, I came down for a wedding in Fort Worth. And then after the wedding, a friend of mine at the wedding from uh, living in Austin Cause we all went to school here together and uh, we, so there was the wedding. My buddy drove us back to Austin. I stayed with her for two nights, got a ton of shows in two nights. And M excuse me. MK was uh, like the first comic I met at the open mic at camp city. Oh. And it was one of those things where like, uh, are you MK? And MK is like, you must be Mike. And I was like, what? yes i guess and then we found out that steph told of both message both of us being like you're both sweet angels i swear to fucking god if you don't hang out i'm gonna be so mad it makes no sense that you wouldn't hang out together now go make each other laugh and we both had like the show jitters of like oh i wanted to try new stuff but also i want to do good so you laugh it's like no i want i, I want you to think i'm funny don't you're great you don't have to worry about it and so we just had that kind of fun and it was uh great I, we saw a bunch of comics like uh uh i want to oh god i'm blanking on name allison o'connor uh uh, nikita redcar very funny danny palumbo was in town uh i just (laughs) none of these comics live in austin live in austin anymore (laughs) right 
Right. But this was the time. Oh, Aaron Brooks. Oh, God. And and uh, Murph and uh, Andy Murphy. Uh-huh. Andrew. Yep. Uh, those guys are still there, right? Yep. Or Andrew did they is, leave? No, Andrew. Andrew and, is the only one. Aaron Brooks okay. is in L.A. too. Yeah. I would pay a, a lot of money to see you and MK together on a show because I would <laughs> probably have to bring a change of pants because I you the ener- the combined energy is probably very much like <laughs> nuclear fusion because you're high energy, he's so high energy. That <laughs> you know, I know you two work on that because he's coming through Austin, you know, a little bit more. Uh, I, you know, with the COVID, he's got family, of course. Right, and, you know, and he's the, out here. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Um, when, when you can travel and you can do it safely, that's the plan. MK. Is like when I can travel and I can do it safely. Hey, uh, American government, ease up on those visas. Why don't yeah. you give it? Just give me the one that you gave me last time that I couldn't use, not even once. Oh. Um, and then uh, also, let's try to make add. Here's my uh, addendum. <laughs> To the show, uh-huh. not just me, not just MK, Triple Bill, Deborah uh-huh. Di Giovanni, the most energy on the show possible. Okay, I, uh, I don't know if I know her. Ooh, lucky you! Lucky <laughs> you! You get to experience this for the first time. Deborah Di Giovanni is a Canadian comic who is now in LA. She, the moment she got to LA and started doing shows out there, I started getting messages from all my American friends who would be like, do you know this Deborah Di Giovanni lady? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, nobody wants to follow her. It's impossible to follow her. She's too fucking good. In fact, the headliner I was working with like two weeks out after Uh shows up to the club. I watch the show. I'm hanging out. And then after the show, we're at the bar hanging. And he goes, so you know Deb, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, nobody can handle being on a show after her. Wow. Everybody dies the most painful death because the audience is tapped out of laughing too hard. And I'm like, yeah, buddy, welcome to our world. Literally every Canadian comic could not follow Deborah DiGiovanni. And that is how it's meant to be. It's what made us stronger. There is definitely a group of Canadian comics who regularly had to follow Deb. And you can tell that they got better as a result. Um, yeah, what a what I know a I've heard her name, so okay, all right, well, incredible I'll keep an eye comic. Her. Okay, well, her then, album Lady the- Jazz was nominated for a Juno Award last Ooh. year. Wow, mm. yeah, it's really good. Okay, well, you work on that triple bill show. <laughs> I I'll, I'll text all of them. I bet we, we have a group chat in here somewhere. Yeah, do it, do it. Say I want it. <laughs> MK's like, oh, Valerie's getting a little big for her britches now. She just wants these shows. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll get it. He'll understand. Though. Oh, absolutely. He'll be like, yeah. Yeah, we all want those shows. <laughs> Let's get back to talking about Mike. Me. Yes. How did you start? I thought I was talking about. Well, me. I yes, you are, but <laughs> but I'm supposed to like be, you know, uncovering the oh, you know your okay. beginnings in comedy and okay. You know, uh, then we'll we'll get to more recent stuff. But uh, what made you start comedy? Uh, I've always really loved it. Um, so I growing up in Montreal, uh, the Just for Last festival is a huge deal here. Yeah. And every summer I see ads for it. And oh, my God, this guy's coming and this guy's coming. And my dad would always be watching comedy on like, you know, whose line is it anyway? It was always on TV or like 
you know, whatever, whatever sketch group had reruns at the time, whether it's kids in the hall or second city or, you know, the, the comedy channel was always on. Like I didn't, I, I don't remember many of the cartoons. A lot of people from my age group were like, these are the cartoons that shaped me. I'd be like, Oh, I don't know any of those. Cause <laughs> I was watching like friends and Seinfeld and, the just for laughs galas that they would have on reruns all the time and i'm pretty sure there's like elementary school notebooks filled with like what is supposed to be my math homework but ends up being like me trying to phonetically spell mike berbiglia's name and (laughs) you know mitch hedberg and maria bamford and Uh And just like keep scratching Galifianakis over and over again. Uh, oh, you're going for the tough names. Oh, just really liking them all, <laughs> you know. But I, I, I always watched those and I always thought this looks like so much fun. I can't believe, you know, they get to do this. What makes them so special? And my dad was like, well, that's their job. That's what they do. And I was like, cool. That sounds delightful. And I was always into jokes and I always liked comedy. Like uh, I was I the scholastic scholastic book fair would run would run through and i would be buying the joke books from that and <laughs> i would um my dad used to tell me jokes he'd hear from work or read on the internet and i would memorize them and tell them at school and i got a reputation of being the joke guy who loves jokes and everything so i ended up hosting events in elementary school telling jokes wow you know? so there's like you know the bit between grades who were performing songs on the recorder so it's like one form of torture uh, (laughs) followed by another um so that's what i did like i hosted my elementary school graduation with the other funny guy um but did a lot of heavy lifting shout out to (laughs) taras you're not listening to this um you know and then i hosted a bunch of events in high school when i learned my french a little bit better and eventually in like CGEP, which is the right before university. So we have in Quebec, we have like five years of high school. So it's elementary school, one through six, high school, secondary one through five. So grade 11. And then we have two years before going to college. And in those two years, I started writing sketch. I started joining sketch groups and all this stuff and found out like I am going too fast for a lot of people. Like I'm I'm. People are like treating it like this is an extracurricular thing. And I'm like, no, I, I just want to keep going. Uh, and so I found I remembered that stand up is a one person thing. And ah. I decided I'm going to try this. I was listening to in Montreal. Joey Elias used to host on AM radio like an hour of comedy or an hour and a half of comedy every night. And it would coincide with, you know, me coming home from work from uh, after school. Uh, and so I'd listen to that. And that's how I'd hear like Deborah DiGiovanni on the radio. And I'd hear, you know, a bunch of different comics and like Arthur Simeon or like whoever. And eventually back then I was playing music and bands and I was playing solo music. And one of my friends was like, I need you to perform on the show. And it's an emergency. I need somebody to close out this folk show. And I was like, OK, but how about like the week after? You put on a comedy show and I do a set on that. He's like, what? We've never done that before. I was like, I don't know how to do it anywhere else. I don't know about what open mics are. I know nothing about comedy. I'm guessing that if I do this show, I'll see if I like it and then dive into the world. And so I did that show. And my (laughs) on my first show, Robbie Hoffman was on. And uh, it was honestly I'm bringing I'm bringing her up right now because 
Uh, she just had a, a development uh, announced with Showtime, and uh, I'm just so proud of her. Huh. Robbie, like, I, I don't know. I, I just can't stop smiling because the news hit last night oh. and Rivka's being uh, developed, and it's so huge. And I'm very proud of Robbie. Robbie Hoffman, I love you very, very much. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm finding out that you are you're a huge cheerleader. I mean, you've dropped so many names, but all in the context of not, oh, Mike knows these people. It's you're like so excited for the things that they've they've oh, done. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very sweet I mean, and endearing. Yeah, well, that's how it, I look. Look, I, I don't want to be like, that's how it should be. But I uh-huh. believe I would per, I look, it's just I don't like the, 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 the cattiness or like the competitive element of like, well, they did put out a good product, but I'm up for a similar kind of job and I don't want to be pumping that. It's like, no, do you know how often I try to like recommend so many Canadian comics or like if I get an offer on Gig Salad for a, an online show or a gig near me, but I don't fit the criteria. The first thing I'm doing is like, here are the emails of like five other comics who would be great for this uh, and you should be getting in touch with them. Don't bother with this website right now because these are the guys that you're going to be looking for. And I don't think they have a profile on here. Um, it makes no sense not to um, big each other up when somebody does something great. Yeah. Yeah. So you you're you're a lifelong creative between music and comedy in some form or, or another. This is just mm-hmm. this is what you live and breathe for, mm-hmm. basically. That's yeah. uh a rare find. Um, do you, where do I want to? Oh, I, there was something for the, that you mentioned earlier about French, and I, I uh, am a native French speaker, so of course, okay. anytime somebody mentions French, I want to kind of explore that. Uh, did you do you ever perform in French, or did you just need to learn French for school? Um, so I needed to learn French for school and like living in Montreal and stuff and Mm -hmm. I actually just always wanted to be able to learn like I think the pursuit of language and being able to converse with anybody to communicate with other people is super important I think yeah like if you have an opportunity to learn a language even like piecemeal and it's just like in the easiest way go for it there's no reason to say no yeah Uh, but I learned French because of circumstance I went to a French high school I opted for that i thought it would be a good skill to have and it has you know i worked in retail in montreal for a long time ago and so that's like the extent to which i've used it or you know being able to help here and there with people who speak french i have tried comedy in french however i don't translate well to french um Mm. i don't um so i'm way more expressive in english i tend to use like my full range of voice and yeah. Is the language I have the best command over, whereas French, I'm a little bit pared down. My register tends to shift a little bit lower. I am I I'm not I am fluent, but I do search for my words a tiny bit. And that does affect my confidence. And then the other sure. thing is I don't do like wordplay. I don't do like anything that would translate in a way that like, OK, here's a here's a translation. And here it takes a bit of like finessing and then it's a thing again. It's like, I don't do stories. I do like, what if this dumb idea I had and I have to over explain it. And so I really have to have like the perfect command of the, the language to be able to convey that. However, um, 
another part of it is that French comedy uh, is a different beast. Like they don't like it's like how you can divide English comedy into like this guy's a one liner. This guy's a story guy. This mm-hmm. guy's like oh, the edgiest fuck in the world or like, you know, <laughs> all this kind of comedy. The alternative you got the alternative weirdos and like all yeah. that stuff in French comedy. They they have those, but then like the popular stuff is uh, plagiarism a lot of the time, uh, and and like that's a tough thing to be around and not call it out. Uh, yeah. And also, like the people who are doing excellent work and aren't plagiarists, like awesome, I I commend them. But I just I I don't know what that is. Like it doesn't connect with me. I don't connect with it. I've tried. It doesn't work. I'll try again as long as they'll pay me what they pay French comedians. <laughs> I'll 100% try again. Yeah. I'm not above it. Give me money. <laughs> you know, let me see. Let me see if I can try one of my jokes in French. chef chef. I, I watched the clip of that in English, so I know exactly what you're doing. <laughs> yes, chef's kiss. Uh-huh. <laughs> très bien, très bien. That's it. Uh, here's another fun aside is that Magic the Gathering just released a card called Chef's Kiss. Uh, so I have a new signature card. It just is upsetting that it sucks. What's happening, Aww. MTG nerds? <laughs> What up, my magic heads? <laughs> Fucking weirdos. What up? <laughs> my my boyfriend is a big magic nerd, and he's he's uh unfortunately uh, taught my son. So now I, <laughs> you know, my son's a, a magic nerd too. <laughs> it's just a fun game. It's a yeah. good time. Yeah. I tried to learn. My my boyfriend tried his very best to try to teach me, and I I just get very confused easily. So. That's all right. Yeah. That's all, right. all right. Back to Mike. Me. <laughs> uh, you you uh, you grew up in Montreal, so you Correct. saw uh, Just for Laughs being such a big deal in Montreal. Your first time on Just for Laughs was around 2016. Was it? I actually then? don't know. It must oh. have been around then. Um, it could that's, have been 2015. That's what my paper says. Oh, okay. I well, then then good because I I don't know. Um, thing about Just for Laughs is that I had been volunteering and interning at Just for Laughs for many years, and then ultimately ended up being like, "Hey, we need somebody to help out with PR this summer." I'd be like, "Sweet, do I get a badge?" They'd be like, "Yep." I'd be like, "Great," uh, and I'd go see all the shows or like. Hey, the head of TV and the head of the festival need an assistant. Do you, can you come in three days a week? I'd be like, you got it. Uh, then I get like this badge. That means I have to escort like huge names around the city. And uh, I've been able to, I've been lucky to have like access in that sense. And then yeah. eventually what happened is that like, I became, I, I was there so frequently every year that a lot of the acts started recognizing me. And I made friends with a lot of the comics that I had never you know, uh, you know, that I'd found through the festival and um, and, you know, me, I like being as supportive as I can. So mm-hmm. if I see some new face being very nervous, I like to be like, hey, man, it's it's a huge deal. Yes, correct. But also the nerves are only going to hurt you. So come outside. 
Let's hang out. Let's chill. We'll get you talking to this guy who is the head over here who does not like talking to very many people, but I've been talking to him (laughs) kind of facilitating here and there. And uh, eventually what that meant is like, I didn't have to work for the festival to get a badge. I'd get like a guest pass from one comic or another. And then eventually they started just booking me on shows. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, the first time I did just for laughs, I did a guest spot for a comedian and I don't remember who it it was the first time, but I was on, I was open for a comedian because they said he's around. I like him, make him open for me. And the festival was like, great, no problem. It's very easy to take a guy we're not paying that you like and get him on the stage and, you know, sweets, no more coordination. We know he's free. He's going to be stoked. Uh, Good for us. Um, and then eventually that just started happening more and more. And uh, when I got the festival the first year, that's, you know, they booked me on one or two shows. And then I was like, well, now I have free reign to campaign for myself. So I started like messaging comics that I somewhat knew or like didn't quite know, but had a like a, a, a decent relationship with one of their friends who'd vouch for me and was like, let me get on. I would love to open for you. I've already got these shows. I know you don't have an opener. I can make this super easy for you by being your opener for two nights. Awesome. And that's become some friendships like, nice. to, you know, it, it's very it's been very nice to be able to, like, have been just the guy who's hanging around just for laughs to being like, oh, I'm on just for laughs. Or, yeah, I'm I'm helping with PR, but I've got a set later tonight the opening for uh, Jermaine Fowler and the, the Kari, the rapper he brought along with them. And it's going to be a fun, weird show. And I'm excited about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's a good. Uh, yeah. It's very I, I, organic, uh, which you don't hear a lot. I mean, the the people that I've had a, an opportunity to talk to that get on JFL, you know, they've gone through a, a grueling audition process. They, they didn't get on the first or second time. You, you know, showed your medal both through working for the festival, but also you were doing, you were clearly doing the the legwork, but you know, in Montreal with your show. I'd also and- showcase as well. Like I've also like the years, the, the first two years that I was on the festival, I didn't get on the festival due to the showcase. But after that, they know me as like, now we know he's solid enough or like they booked me one year and two years in a row. And then, I think the last year I got to have my own show in the festival. It was an outdoor show, figure it out, which yeah. will eventually come back. I think at some point it's just <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. No shows happening here yet. So yeah. You're, are you in Toronto now or are you back in Montreal? I'm back in Montreal. Okay. I moved back in October due to the pandemic. Uh, okay. I couldn't justify spending a grand and a half on a tiny box that I share with three people mm. and not being able to leave it for shows, which was the whole deal. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, but I'm you've got a, a great, yeah, you've got a great setup. Oh, I, so. <laughs> I have a great here. It's, yeah. you know, the trade-off with being in a tiny box out there was that I would leave the box you know, yeah. and I would go do shows and I'd be 15 minutes from all these shows. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to have a drum set out here. You know, I didn't need to because like this stuff I use to like sell some music or like, hey, you need a theme song for a podcast. Let me see what I can come up with. Or, hey, your short film needs music. I'll record something that I will write and then you can have it arranged and send it elsewhere and have it produced big time. But, you know, that's the kind of thing that I've been doing now. 
Uh-huh. Um, but in Toronto, I just had like my bed, my dresser, a small table that I used for a desk to record my podcast at. And, you know, that was that was it. And then I'd leave for a show or work and I'd be there in 15 minutes. Now, if I need to get somewhere, I need to borrow a car. I'm on the road for at least 35 minutes. That's without traffic. So yeah. the trade the trade offs are, you know. But what are you going to do? You know, I, I'm we're waiting for this thing to go away or at least be manageable. I yeah. get my second dose in August, which I got my first one in May. You guys, it's like first dose, two weeks, second yeah. dose. That's how you do it. That's how it's supposed to be. Canada's like, we've only got so many. It's like, no, you've got plenty. It's wow. that you're not willing to acknowledge the amount of people refusing to take the vaccine. How about you just stick it in me already? You <laughs> fucking idiots. Instead of letting it go to waste, I will take any of your vaccines. Yeah, I will feel less paranoid, uh, less hermiting. Like I, you know, yeah, it's a, there's a surprising number of people that I've learned have developed agoraphobia in this time. And it's people that I didn't expect to have that. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, I'm glad that the when I moved back the first three months, I didn't leave the house. Like I just stayed inside. So I'm surprised that that didn't happen to me. And I'm grateful for it because I'll take walks now and get around. But, you know, take care of yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, good for the community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you 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 have the, the music to to help you earn an income you don't have didn't have the shows did you do a lot of online shows or was that something that you kind of struggled with you're so like wacky and absurdist and i'm sorry if you don't like that no that's fine label (laughs) (laughs) but it seems like if you're a little along those lines and you're willing to go with the flow that that you know the online might be a, a way for you to at least get that comedy energy out right i have done a a few online shows just not uh i would have preferred having a regular show to do without it being such a headache to produce because with the volatility of you know people's emotions changing day to day meant a lot of comics were canceling and so when i ran a show for a little while and it was just like a skype conversation that i'd put on twitch um when I ran that show, it was like, it was fine. But the whole week I was stressing, stressing, stressing. And then I'd eat my dinner way too quickly. I'd come down to set up. I'd be like, I don't have any new joke to do off the top. So I'm going to riff on what's going on. Everything is too sad for me to riff on. I'm going to bring on the next comic who I just got their text saying that they're canceling. Uh. So I'm going to, I'm going to, Hey, Hey, Caleb signing. Can you do <laughs> earlier? And he'll be like, for sure, dude, fucking whatever. And like, <laughs> We'll talk for a little bit, but the entire time I'm frantically texting friends of mine being like, can you fill in last minute or like bugging the person that's supposed to go last to be like, can you do an extra 10 minutes with me? Do you think we could sustain that or, you know, that kind of thing. And so it ended up being so much more of a headache. And I wish it wasn't that because I would love to be doing a regular show. I would love to be doing a weekly again. Um, and I love doing the regular, like, I love doing the showcase zoom shows like comedy wham. I love doing it. I love doing, I got to do hot tub, which was like, what? I got to do hot. Tub. Wow, nice. Like I'm, I was so thrilled when I, when they emailed me and said, yes, like I, I so excited about it. Um, but I have done like zoom shows. I've done zoom corporate shows as well. Um, and those are 
something. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's but the thing about the Zoom comedy shows where it's like that's the point, and we know we've come here for it. They usually have a group of people who are ready to laugh, who are your touchstones, who are going to be like visible or, you know, at least contributing to the audience part of it that helps it make it a show. And so, I would love to be doing more of them. I would love yeah. to. However. The United States of America has done way better at vaccinating its population than the Canadian people have. And that means that a lot of the shows that I have done that I've enjoyed or a lot of the shows that I would have been able to keep doing or been invited to do are no longer being held or it's not happening as often anymore because online shows are just not happening out there anymore. It's live, you know, Canaan's in a van on the road texting people uh, tweeting at people being like hey albuquerque i'm around and they're like shit dude my driveway is way open you know what i mean and like <laughs> that's the kind of shit you guys can do right now yeah meanwhile i'm out here being like if i go outside past a certain time i could get a thousand dollar ticket um which is no longer true they just got rid of the, ki- the curfew but um i just i'm really excited for this um this the stuff to like no longer require any measures in place and yeah. for, but i i wouldn't want them to be lifted too early because i want people to be safe it my dumb jokes are not worth you coming to a show and catching this third variant of this deadly virus mm-hmm. that will kill you or at least fuck up your breathing for the rest of your life and if you're so desperate you can buy my album cherubic <laughs> available now <laughs> Okay, I and fuck it. If you want a show, I'll put on a show for you. If you want it that bad, it's nice to feel wanted. Okay, (laughs) but like the fact that people are out there risking their lives for something like like I thought it was nuts to me to see an audience so huge packed into that room in Austin the night of a Peng and, and Tony Hinchcliffe show and being like, the, the first thing was like, oh, shit, racist stuff is happening. The second thing is like, what the fuck? Everybody's like shoulder to shoulder in this video. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it was two terrifying things happening, you know, and, but I, it's not terrifying to you guys because you guys are fine. Or yeah, like, a lot of us. For the most are, part. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, shit. If I see anybody hanging out of a park, I'm like, you guys fucking living together. What's the deal here? <laughs> Are there renegades? Because I think in in yeah. Feb, you know, in August, September, that's when our renegades started showing up and doing sh- started doing shows. Do you have renegades up there who are like, hey, fuck it, I'm just I'm gonna do a show? Not really. Or is it too Montreal, difficult? Montreal has no. First of all, the curfew makes it impossible because okay. we had a curfew before that said like, as what was it, eight p.m., seven p.m. Whoa. I was I was in already. So if you didn't have like a, an authorization for work or something, you in you know, you got pulled over, you'd have a fine or whatever. But like mm-hmm. the shows were impossible to do. You have to do them in parks. Um, Montreal is a difficult case because like it's French and English. You don't know who's going to show up when or what, you know, if you ambush a park, it's going to be like. These fucking guys are speaking in a language I don't know <laughs> and I want to enjoy it, but I can't. And so now it's just a loud thing happening at me. Mm. Um, And then there's like language laws where it's like a public performance, like has to be a certain percentage of French if like I, that I'm not familiar with. So it it, like, if there are renegades who are putting on shows, first of all, how dare they not invite me? (laughs) Second of all, um, 
I like I haven't heard of them. Yeah. And the Comedy Nest is our club here in Montreal. We used to have two clubs. Comedy Works, <laughs> rest in peace, and also in shambles. What a mess that place became. Mm. But the Comedy Nest is a phoenix from the ashes. That place is like fantastic. They've done an amazing job over there. And they've been building, building, building over the last couple of years to a point where it's like they used to cancel shows on the weekends regularly with top tier headliners. But now it's like sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. And now with the pandemic, they couldn't be open. But they posted recently that they are able to be reopened and they'll be doing outdoor shows as well. So that's the hope that I have for here. And also the other hope is just for laughs. Uh, didn't throw in the towel on the summer's festival. Oh. They mentioned that uh, there have been just for laughs showcases in the States yeah. that I've seen. Um, also some controversy that I don't want on the record uh, <laughs> that I'll, I can tell you about after. But, you know, just for laughs is happening. Uh and it's a hybrid of online and in person. And if it's in person here in Montreal, I hope I get to be part of that. I would love to be part of that. Yeah. Um, you know, as long as the agreement is everybody involved has to be vaccinated or at the very least, like first dose vaccinated. And they also have to be caring individuals who understand the severity of this virus and who understand that it's like not a fucking joke that also would like to laugh at jokes like real jokes you know what i mean yeah, so right that i talk so much <laughs> <laughs> well lucky for you this is an this is an interview podcast so that's actually the objective is <laughs> good okay uh, i won't uh, leave you with a shortage of a response <laughs> you you released your debut album in the middle of the pandemic i think we had you on and you were about to release the album and there's something yeah. it was really really close uh, in timing uh yeah. was that weird releasing an album that presumably you recorded pre-pandemic shutdown uh very and... strange <laughs> yeah. yeah i so i recorded it in october of 2019 okay and it was meant to be released in may of 2020 um that's why on the album it says you know there's a joke where i'm like i need you guys to pretend that this is coming out in may because that's when the album's coming out and then uh -huh. i go uh so halloween's coming up technically true but the thing is it was two weeks before halloween and it was supposed to come out in may and so it was like three meta jokes in one which i was stoked on but the audience uh -huh. was like sure we'll support this um but I so the whole plan was have the release in May. Um, I had uh, I, I, I had a, a visa of sorts that I would be able to work with to uh, come on down uh, through a company and then spend some time out there after the fact. So I was working for a company that were going to have me do a, a couple shows out there and I'd be like, well, now I'm on vacation time yeah. and I'm going to go to these other cities uh, plan was to go back to Denver plan was to go back to Boise plan was to go back to, uh, go back to Seattle, like a bunch of spots in the States that I've really enjoyed and mm -hmm. that were very receptive to me and to kind of do like a tiny tour, but then also hit, uh, blonde medicines, uh, like HQ town in the Bay area and be like, Hey, what's up? Thank you for putting this out. Uh, give Dom and Jess a big hug. Uh, and then also pick up uh, what I was supposed to have uh, physical release copies like I was going to do, you know, physical merch. I was going to do my album on, in CD and like also vinyl. That was the plan. Um, but, you know, 
if I can't pick them up, the duties on it and having them shipped is just another nightmare. And, mm-hmm. uh, and at the same time, there was this huge fire that took out like one of the two vinyl production companies oh my gosh. that made it impossible to get the order done. And ultimately, when I talked to Dom at Blonde Medicine, we were like, okay, so what do we think? This pandemic can't possibly last till May, right? And he's like, right. I think I'm pretty optimistic. but at the same time we were like we should definitely look into delaying this if you want to still do the tour and come down and hang and stuff and i was like i would love that but there is a line on the album deliberately being like it's in may i wanted it to be like an excuse to be like instead of having to show up at the border and be like i'm coming down to hang out and they'll be like for what reason uh, I'll, I can be like, it's my birthday. And they'll be like, fuck yeah, dude, your birthday rules. You got family out there. Sick. Uh, cool. Instead of having to answer questions of being like, what are you going to go do down there? And I'm like, hang out with some friends. It's like, wait, you don't have friends in Canada. It's like, I have plenty of friends in Canada. What are you saying? What are you insinuating? And they're like, well, well, why do you have to come to your friends? It's like, cause they're my American friends who live in America. And they're like, that's not good enough. You gotta be detained. And so, um, if you need to know what every interaction with me at the border is like, uh, because uh, the border agents can't fucking chill with the fact that I'm going to do one bar show for $20 that I'm immediately spending on mozzarella sticks for $17 at the same bar. <laughs> oh, I'm stealing job. I could have gotten the sticks for free if I just spoke to the, the, the cook. Like, Because he offered me weed. And I said, I'd rather you told me this before. I'd have taken mozzarella sticks. You know what I'm saying? So, like, my point is, fucking borders. Um, it was so weird releasing this album in the pandemic, but it has led to like some really cool stuff. Like, we still did like, we still did the publicity for it. We still did the, yeah. the press and everything. So instead of showing up in town and being like, I'm doing these shows and doing radio, I got to do Doug Loves Movies. I got to do Dumb People Town. I got to be on like a bunch of podcasts that I I didn't think that I was gonna be able to be a guest on. Yeah, and it all came from being like, well it's a new age. Let's do this. Let's see what we can handle. You know, I got to hang out with the Sklar brothers who I hadn't seen. Like the Sklar brothers were a signpost for my beginnings at JFL. Like yeah. when I started interning there, I met them and I was like, Hey, I'm just a, a, a volunteer here, but I just wanted to let you guys know I'm a huge fan and uh, have a good night. And they were like, no, 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 come on back. And then they <laughs> gave me this Sklar treatment. They were like, we can tell he's a comedian. That's what I was thinking. He's a comedian. Like, You're so good. You so I was like, you a year in? No, maybe a little bit more than a year. No, I'm thinking a little less. He's a less than a year. In. <laughs> Definitely less than a year in. You know, so they did do that back and forth. Yeah. And I was like, this is this is my favorite. I love these guys. And then when I finally got JFL for the first time booked on the festival, that was the first time they'd been back in a couple of years. And I saw them at the bar and I was like, Are you fucking serious? They're like, Hey, are you still interning? I was like, I got the festival. And they were like, shots. <laughs> so it was, it was, uh, you know, but to be able to do their podcast uh, that I've listened to That's amazing, because yeah. of this whole pandemic, there have been some upsides, you know, I wouldn't have been able, like, I wouldn't have been able to do comedy wham. I wasn't going <laughs> to pass through Austin. I got to do it because Colton yeah. was like, your album's great. You know, let's get you on this. Please. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. like, you didn't even have to say, please let me in. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I started a podcast with my buddy in Seattle because of this pandemic i'm able to keep bummer boys going because we're not in toronto anymore i'm not in toronto anymore alex is but yeah so there have been some upsides and i can foresee some podcasts remaining 
remote for sure or at least like remaining to have access to certain guests and you don't have to be in certain places to be able to reach out to somebody and you can make a whole day of it like it works so well yeah yeah um Uh, my my uh my podcast has always relied on like being across the table from somebody right and making like a connection that you i thought you could not make over zoom and so that's part of, aside from being very busy putting on the, the online show last year, mm-hmm. I tried a couple of Zoom interviews and I just felt like I couldn't, I couldn't build that connection. It's still uh, very weird. Yeah. It's not ideal in the slightest. Yeah. Like yeah. it's definitely, I was talking to another amazing Canadian comic, Juno Award winning comedian, Ivan Decker, my sweet, sweet boy who's getting <laughs> married soon. I love him so much. <laughs> Uh, I interviewed him actually for a website that I'm writing for, um, Parton and Pearl. It's, I think it's coming out next week. Um, but Ivan and I were talking about how Zoom shows and Zoom in general is so difficult because 90% of communication is nonverbal. And he says, horses don't speak English, but we've been talking to horses <laughs> forever. Yeah, sure. You know, and so the idea being that we lose you know, there's a feeling in the air when somebody walks into a room. Yeah. There's a feeling like there's your gut is off when it comes to perform. Like when it comes to performing live, you can you you can kind of tell when somebody like an audience is going to tighten up on something, or like you can feel an audience something in the room disturbing. Or, yeah, yeah. Or advert like on the other side of things that can affect the audience kind of spreading the joy, like the comfort and and a room, a small room with more people is better than a big room with a ton of people because a small room forces those people to be so close to each other. And you get that giggle belly effect where like, if like I went to theater school, sue me, if you like (laughs) doing this giggle belly thing and you're all laying down on each other's stomachs and somebody laughs, eventually everybody's laughing from that one wave. And the goal is to try not to laugh, but nobody can succeed because the feeling is so contagious. And that's what happens in a room. And you lose that on Zoom and yeah. you lose the idea that like you're affecting the space around you. Like you don't know how I'm affecting this room and you're only getting a sliver of it. You're not right. seeing the whole thing. This side of the room has way more magic cards than I'm willing to admit <laughs> are here. But you like, but you're not getting this and you're not feeling the wind move when I wave my arms around like I'm, I do all the time. Yeah. And so, of course, it feels so weird and so different because there's an energy transfer that's not happening over this digital medium. Yeah. And I'm so thrilled and excited to feel that connection with people again, because that's what brings me joy and energy. Like I am an yeah. extrovert to the fullest. Like this kind of stuff, Zoom comedy, Zoom podcasts, my co-host on Bummer Boys, Alex Kalenko, he says it's like it's like methadone because it's not the real thing. It's not completely scratching an itch, but it's literally the bare minimum. And yeah, that's how I feel about this. And that's why I'm so thrilled to hear like. When I see Kinane in his van tour, like just on the road being like, I have this tour set up, but along the way I have a night in this town. What are the chances I can make this happen? He makes it happen. People show up. He's like, I'm not charging for this. And people end up paying him anyway. And he gives them a show. And he's like, it's half baked. And they're like, we don't fucking care. You're here. You're making this thing out of nothing. I'm like thrilled for that. Despite the fact that Kyle and I were doing Twitch streams together for a couple of weeks. 
like playing video games together and being like, this is a thing we're going to keep doing. And then things just got better out there. And he kept having to be like, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't do it anymore. I'm like, don't apologize. You're doing the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Right now. Do you think I'm going to be mad at anybody <laughs> for being able to perform safely? Do you think I'm going to be mad at anybody getting to do the best? The, the thing that I enjoy most in the entire world. Do you think I'm going to be, I'm going to be jealous as fuck? Absolutely. <laughs> so jealous but i'm gonna be so thrilled for you and so to see things reopening out there it's so nice and it yeah. means that like the zoom subscription is gonna stay on so maybe i can be like kyle do you want to hop on my podcast again you know that yeah. kind of thing right but uh, you know if we're not in the same town or anything but but otherwise like if somebody rolls through your town and you can sit across the table from them for a podcast it's not even a flip of a coin decision. Yeah. That's like a, that's a heavy yes. Get them in the room. If <laughs> schedule permitting, right. everything permitting, make it happen. There's no reason not to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you? Are you? You you are such a a happy bubbly personality. Are you allowing yourself to feel hope that that day is come is coming for you? Or do you uh, just yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm very optimistic about it. Um, but I am, I have to maintain some realistic expectations because at the beginning of the whole thing, I was like, there's no way this won't clear up in two months. Uh, yeah. and yet here we are. And mm -hmm. the, um, and you, you have know, the visa issue to contend with if you wanted to travel here, which is more open. Well, that's a whole other problem, which yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to call Joe Biden himself and be like, listen here, pal. Um, <laughs> We, the Canadian Association of Stand-Up Comedians <laughs> task in Canada has been working and lobbying with like Canadian, um, Canadian uh, representatives in the house. Uh, and we've been trying to get them to get the government to recognize comedy as an art form so that we can then have the American government recognize it as, you know, an, an, like maybe a separate visa or on the model visa where like models can come down on a visa mm. that they spend very little money on because it's like, you know, $300 to be like, well, this photographer and this company want me to do this photo shoot over there. It's $300. The company pays for the $300, but then, you know, they get paid, they get to go work out there. There are no issues. Whereas with comedians, we have to express, we have to find a way to prove ourselves to be aliens of extraordinary ability. Do you know who that visa is for? Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber <laughs> got plucked by Usher his everything was paid for by a multimillionaire R&B soul singer. And Justin Bieber was a child phenomenon who broke the Internet at the time and yeah. was super famous and literally was turned into a pop star by this machine. And that's who that visa is for. It's not for somebody like me who has maybe a couple hundred, a couple thousand people who are interested in seeing me here and there and who the industry trusts to make a room of people laugh, you know, for an hour at a time yeah. uh, in certain markets. You know what I mean? So for me to prove that I'm an alien of extraordinary ability without being able to prove like one, without being able to, to, to start by being like, hey, Americans like me, uh, Canada doesn't quite give a shit, but Americans like me uh, without being. So if I go into it being like, I know Americans like me and they're like, how? I'd be like, I've come over there and performed tons of times. They're like, illegally? And I'll be like, yeah they're like 
banned. I'm like, oh, great. Fantastic. Excellent. You know what? I tried to do things the regular way. And instead, I'm going to be like, I'm a sports journalist and I'm going to go see the soccer team out there or some shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Um, All this to say, like the Canadian Association of Stand Up Comedy, if you're at all interested in learning more, I would uh, in it like I, I their former president, Sandra Badalini, uh, made a documentary called The Mayor of Comedy, and I highly recommend it. it uh, I think their website is the Mayor of Comedy. I'm going to look it up. Mayorofcomedy.com. Um, and I, yeah, mayorofcomedy.com. And it's free on their website right now. It's just right there. It's right there. The top of the website. It just shows the video on Vimeo. If you want any understanding of Canadian comedy and the frustrations they're in, Watch this documentary. It's become like the easiest tool to just like shove into people's face and be like, I'm so tired of explaining this to like literally everybody I have to have this conversation with. And also this goes into points that I forget about, like the fact that, hey, uh, if I pitch a show here in Canada and they like it and they're like, "Uh, this is great. We would love to put this on our network, but we're not going to develop it because it costs too much to develop. Uh, And then they buy Big Bang Theory over and over again. And then we have to be like, well, what do we do with the show that you just said is great and would be an excellent addition? It's like, try to sell it to the States. It's cheaper for us to buy from the States than it is for us to make it. And it's like your development at this company, you're <laughs> literally meant to develop. So what do you do? It's like, I'm literally a no stamp in human form. And that's like the whole deal. Mm. So you, you see all this, like all these roadblocks with Canadian comedy thinking about Deborah DiGiovanni, Steph Tolev, Matt O'Brien, Julia Latkowitz, uh, Heidi Brander, all these. Um, Rebecca Kohler, all these uh, Canadian comics, and I'm not listing all of them, but I would love to. Uh, all these Canadian comics who made it in the States, who are out there working and are able to live there, went through a rigorous, rigorous, rigorous process of acquiring a green card and a visa and were able to like make that happen for themselves. But it took years of being a Canadian comedy sweetheart, years of being on literally everything you can do in Canada, years of trying to get to the States quietly and, and having to refuse pay so that they can bolster the application, $10,000 in application and lawyer's fees. And then some, if it's the green card, it's somewhere closer to like 30,000 or some crazy shit like that. If I'm mis- I might be mistaken on that one. Cause I haven't been looking into a green card. Um, so it's a whole thing with Canadian comedy. I recommend mayor of comedy. I also recommend, uh, if there are any uh, ladies out in Chicago with a super thick Chicago accent uh, that want to propose to me, I would love that. I think the Chicago <laughs> accent is so funny and I would love oh, to make fun great. of you in a playful way. Uh, it's so funny to me and it's just one of those things that I'll never get bored of and I'll be so excited to hear all the time. Uh, but see, like, seriously, if anybody, like, I don't want to be like great card marriage, anyone. Cause then it's like, this is exhibit a, and the, <laughs> of me not getting my green card. Yeah. But, um, it's definitely such an awful situation to be put in for a Canadian comedy. Yeah. That said, I am optimistic for us reopening. I don't get a lot of work in Canada. So I'm optimistic in us reopening so that I don't have to spend two weeks quarantining at a hotel out of my pocket when I come back from c- hanging out in the States. Yeah. yeah. You know? So. Mike, it has been amazing to get to talk to you. I want to start wrapping up. I've got people outside my door who want to get inside. Okay. <laughs> so okay. I, I, I need to wrap up. Uh, there's three things that I want to ask. I will try you. to be succinct. I will be... <laughs> 
Uh, one is with the summer vacation series, especially for the comics. Well, no, for this series where I'm talking to people outside of Austin, I ask them two things. One is um, tell us uh, why we should be checking out the Canadian comedy scene. And I'm going to make you the representative of Canada, not just Montreal slash Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh, give us, give uh, our listeners a reason for checking out your comedy scene. Um, the Canadian comedy scene is very strong. And that's a reason enough to come out because what tends to happen with Canadian audiences is that we don't quite normally get a rolling laughter as much as in the States where the laughs just keep rolling over. Canadian audiences tend to stop when you start talking again. Uh, and so uh, we have to keep the punchlines coming. Otherwise, it sounds like you're dying up there. Uh. So a lot of Canadian comics are just machines. Uh. Um, so like there are people that are doing incredible work like I, I can sincerely say like Arthur Simeon, Deborah DiGiovanni, Noor Hadidi, Brandon Ash Muhammad, Hodo Hersey, uh, uh, Mark Forward. Uh, well, obviously, Steph Tolev. You've got like a bunch of amazing Canadian comics out there. Ivan Decker, Deanne Smith, who is American, but we claim her because she's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we claim them because they started in Montreal. Right. Um, you know, Rodney Ramsey, like a ton of really, really great... Sterling Scott, Graham Clark, Sophie Buttle, Mace Galoni, uh, Jacob Samuel apparently just won a Juno Award last night, Nick Nemiroff and Matt Wright, a ton of amazing Canadian comics who you put them on a show with American comics, they will slay. It's not it's the, it's not a question of whether or not they can hang. Oh, we can hang. Yeah. It's we we've been conditioned to like have to go at the speed. And that's how you get people like Tolev and Deb to Giovanni and Ivan Decker out in the States and being like, can you? You know, Steph is utterly beloved by the Canadian, the, the American comedy scene out in L.A. Yeah. Uh, Deborah DiGiovanni was th the bane of the scene because she was too funny. <laughs> um, there is no reason for you to not come check out the scene, aside from the fact that it is pretty small. Like the, the Canadian scene, we have a lot of really good comics. Um, it, it like we have a handful of cities that are worth checking out, like. Montreal, uh, we need we need to work on getting more shows happening again once things open up again because we only have the one club, but we have Montreal, Toronto, excellent scene. So Toronto and Vancouver are the two scenes that you'll hear most about. Um, Winnipeg had a healthy scene. Um, Edmonton or, yeah, Edmonton must be the other one that's doing okay in Alberta. And then the East Coast. So Halifax was also, a, but Prince Edward Island is also apparently booming right now because they're one of the only places in Canada that's open uh, to doing shows okay. live. Um, so we have a lot of places and a lot of comics that are worth your time. Um, I think what what I would recommend rather than being like, come check out our scene, like, yes, come check out our scene. You'll 100% be drawn to Montreal, Vancouver and Toronto. And to that, I say, hit me up. If you're a comic traveling down, traveling up more likely, uh, to one of our cities, hit me up. I will try to get you in touch with the right people. Uh, if we don't know each other, please get somebody to vouch, obviously. Yeah. But, like, we try to be as hospitable as possible. We try to be as, like, welcoming and helpful as we can. Uh, and we'll show you the right shows, and you will have fun. Uh, you, We can't guarantee you'll do well because you're not adjusted to the fact that audiences will stop laughing immediately the second that you start saying a word. Mm -hmm. um, but... <laughs> You know, we'll you'll have fun. You'll learn. You'll get it. You'll enjoy it. 
uh, I would say look into Canadian comics and please email me. I please Mike comedy at gmail.com. Email me. I will send you a full list of Canadian comics and their albums that you should check out. I have no problem doing this. I do this for everybody. People email me. It's on the back jacket of my album. It says email me and I will tell you like get in contact with me and I will tell you about comics and their albums. The best thing to do would be to like check out Canadian comics and then ask yourself why we don't get paid or played as much as American comics. And the answer is Canadian industry sucks. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Well, you were very efficient with that because my second question is some Canadian comics that we should be checking out. You gave us a treasure trove of comics that we should be checking out. I've got more. I'm sure you do. (laughs) And I I was very excited because two of the names that you mentioned are people that I've, I've interviewed. So it was very very exciting. Who'd you speak to? I talked to Mark Forward, and I've talked Sweet. to Deanne Smith when she came. They came through Moon Tower. So yes, yeah. Deanne, that's a newish development with Deanne. The yeah. the, the they. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're getting used to it, but they're yeah, they're one of my oldest friends in comedy, and it's uh, yeah. yeah, they're very very nice with me. Yeah. Okay, well, your final question Ooh. is one word to describe your future. Uh, hired. It's <laughs> happening, everybody. Yeah, you're damn right. Hired. I'm done not yes. getting hired. Okay. Staff me in your writers' rooms. I'm a fun energy, and I make bits work. Put me on your shows. I'm a fun energy, and I make bits work. I, I'm a fun, silly boy, it. and I'm ready to just get me in there. Yeah. That's hired. Get me, get me working. Cause I am, I'm not going to stop working. <laughs> oh, this has been so much fun. <laughs> that is a wrap on comedy. Wham presents Mike Carosa. Mike, tell us where we can find you on social media and then uh, do another little final promo push. Uh, the best thing to do would be to check out my link tree. So link tree, L I N K T R dot E E slash Mike Carosa. My, my name is Mike M-I-K-E-C-A-R-R-O-Z-Z-A. Uh, once you know how to spell that, I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, at Mike Carosa on Twitter, at Mike Carosa on Instagram, Mike Carosa 91 on Twitch, which I do sometimes. I have a Discord server where a lot of uh, friends and fans interact and have a nice time. We play some Jackbox games every week and uh, we watch movies together and uh, sometimes just like hang out with other comics and like a voice chat as a fun show idea. I have two podcasts, Bummer Boys, X Bummer, X Boys, X. It's spelled like a bad hardcore band, but it's Bummer Boys, uh, where we talk about songs that made us sad this week. And then uh, we didn't get a rose. My podcast with Chris Mejia out in Seattle, Washington, about The Bachelor. It's a Bachelor recap podcast. So The Bachelor and Bachelorette, Katie's season starts Monday. So June 7th, baby, we get to watch (laughs) my wife fall in love with not me. I was a huge fan of Katie. I'm excited to see what she does with her season. And we're back next Wednesday, baby. Exciting. Boy, you are busy, busy, busy. (laughs) Gotta find a way to fill the days. Yeah. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Mike got to be the comedic genius that you heard today. And uh, just all American, not all Canadian, not all American uh, cheerleader uh, that you heard today just as much as I have. This has been Comedy Wham Presents Mike Carosa. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Mike. (laughs) Thank you, Val.
comedy genius so nice 